Life's soundtrack can feel a bit like... But you can still change the station. With Delta Airlines, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Welcome, everybody, and welcome back to The Deal Board. Today, we're going to talk about our 2020 takeaways. So as we're sitting here recording this, it's uh, December 15th. We're about to wrap up one of the most eventful years of my life. And Andy and I have had some time to think about what has this year meant to us and, and really what are the learning lessons we're taking away? Yeah, I, I thought I was in the clear. You know, I ran my business through things like uh, September 11th. I, I ran my business through uh, the economic downturn of the 2009-10. And it seems like every decade there's another, you know, shot in these in the, in the side of the barn here. And it's been, I mean, a very trying year, very interesting year for us is being able to pivot being able to sell larger transactions. And I'm still shocked that it's such a complete seller's market still. And so a lot of things surprised us. And if and if you're going to learn anything in a crisis is you got to take away a few things, and we have several things, that you should come away with and run your business different. We were ready for this at Transworld. We run the business fiscally conservatively. We had plenty of money in the bank. We had an open credit line on the bank on the business since 2009. We hadn't touched it since 2009 <laughs> or 10 or 11, whenever we had it, and and we got it afterwards. We didn't have it at that point. So you just learn things, and you're just like, okay, we're going to try to make it through this. And I, you know, I think it's gone well for most to try to get through this. Yes, some industry, we'll, we'll talk about that. That's one of our points, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing, and we're gonna go into our top 10 takeaways that we took away from this, but one of the things that I've learned is learning the lessons through the crisis, but not only learning your own lessons, right? So Andy's shared a lot of lessons with me um, over the years of what he's learned and that enabled me to run my business better and probably positioned us better in COVID. But one of my favorite quotes my friend said, and I think I've quoted on the podcast before, is that you can't make all mistakes in life on your own, right? So you have to learn from other people. And if you can learn from other people and yourself through these crises and through these more challenging years, the better years are going to be even better or greater. So why don't we go into our top 10 takeaways and we've got some commentary, but hopefully with that in mind, you all that are listening to the show can learn from some of our lessons and some of our experiences to try and make 2021 in the future even better for your business. Yeah, I agree. So let's start off with number one and I'll start it off by saying 
people are important, right? That human connection. If there's anything that I missed through this whole process is that human connection. I do miss the events. I do miss visiting you and your team in Denver. I do miss uh, traveling around. And of course, you know, I miss my family uh, and friends that we, we've, and I, it, we, we had an outdoor event uh, a couple of days ago and ran into some people that I hadn't seen since before the, before the, you know, before this whole COVID crisis started. And it, it was just like, it was really kind of like so heartwarming to see them. So I don't think that's going to stop. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think virtual and this virtual world can ever replace human connection. I mean, it's been it's been great. You and I get to jump on these video calls every couple of weeks, and we've been doing this for the last few years, but it's not the same as having dinner together or being at a conference together. And, and I think it's interesting because there's a lot of people that are like, oh, well, is this going to make office space go away? Or is this going to, you know, negate the need for people getting together and everyone's going to be working from home. And what's been interesting, especially on the younger generation of my team, they're craving human connection more than ever. And I think that it's showing us that although we're speeding the technology up and our ability to do all these things virtually, which is great, we'll talk about efficiency later, it's it still doesn't, it doesn't replace that human connection and that ability to really kind of, you know, d- deepen that relationship with your coworkers or family. And I think as soon as we all can get together in person again, you know, I I hate that going back to normal thing, but we're going to go back to normal and we're going to have probably more face-to-face time than we had previously. Yeah. I think we, we will all relish in getting back to going on trips and, but I just read an article. I think it was 40% of the people absolutely do not want to work virtually uh, and think that they're less productive uh, virtually. And there was all the, the kind of stats. And I know 40% is not, you know, the majority, uh, but still there's a huge amount of people that want to get back to the office and work. And I, I think we're not going to lose it as much as we think. Yes. Will this replace some of the travel we used to do? Will it replace some of the, some of the, hopefully it'll replace some of my board meetings and things yeah. like that, uh, that we have to have in person. But, uh, you know, that face-to-face is, is just so valuable. And uh, I think we all cherish it more now. Yeah. So our second takeaway, more business focused, but biggest, one of our biggest learning lessons, I think for us and all of our clients is cash is king. And Andy, you started by saying, you know, it, we went into this crisis and us too, we had cash on the sidelines, we had lines of credit. Um, and really like the the big lesson you hear as a business owner is that, you know, take the cash when you don't need it because when you need it, it won't be there. Um, and that's been a really big takeaway for 2020 for our business and watching some of our clients as well. Yeah, I mean, you could see it just in the PPP program, right? So mm-hmm. did we need to take PPP? None of us knew. None of us knew how long this would last, how deep it was going to be for our individual industries. So almost everybody who could took the PPP. Now, uh, did we use it correctly and legally? Of course, we paid all our employees. We didn't lay anybody off. And I think even the government knew that. The government knew cash was king from the last time. That they didn't want to see the banks get in trouble. They didn't want to see you know mortgages and loans and things like that. Uh, they didn't want to pay the unemployment benefits. So they said, let's give the money to the businesses and see if they could keep uh, a lot of people employed. And I think for the most part, it's pretty much worked. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it was a great program and I think it really did help a lot of businesses stay afloat and it gave some confidence to businesses that weren't sure. Right. I remember when the whole crisis hit in, in March and everyone was talking about layoffs and furloughs and reduced reductions in pay just in preparation to make sure we had enough cash. Right. I, one of the lessons I hear from a lot of my business mentors is to hold on to three months of cash at least. And a big takeaway I have from 2020 is that should be actually be more, right? But so I think the PPP gave some confidence to those business owners that I don't need to lay anybody off. I don't need to furlough people. I've got a little bit of cushion here that I can save jobs. And I think that was the point of the PPP. But moving forward, you know, we're going to continue to run our business very uh, lean and low overhead. We've watched um, cash and cash flow statements more than we have profit and loss. And I, I think that's a big takeaway, but nothing can replace cash. And once it's gone, you can't get it back, right? Yeah, I think uh, we're all kind of, you, you you ran into the babies of the the people that were around during the depression and how they acted and how they spent money. And you always kind of laughed at your grandparents. They were so frugal and they did because they, they were children and bit, uh, young adults of the, of the depression. Well, we've been through that now. And so hopefully maybe our kids will be laughing at us um, and start saying things like, uh, uh, you know, I can't believe, or the young people start saying things like, oh, I can't believe you guys are so frugal. You should be more aggressive. And we're like, no, we've lived through two different, you know, economic crises. So, which brings us to our third point, which is crazy. And what's crazy about this, this COVID crisis was how fast it all happened. I mean, how, and yeah, listen, we weren't a part of the, Senate hearings and we weren't part of the intelligence. And yes, we did hear about the, the, we heard about the virus coming, but nobody imagined how fast it would take us over. No, it was crazy. I actually, I was at a leadership conference the week before the shutdowns occurred in Colorado. And I got on the plane a week before and like, yes, there was this COVID thing going on in China, but we weren't talking about any shutdowns. And the day after I landed, the economy and the businesses shut down in Colorado and we went into a stay-at-home order. So, and, and you know, you, you talk a lot about economic indicators and we've talked about on the show, macroeconomic indicators, once the next recession coming. And a big takeaway for both of us is that sometimes you don't know. I mean, this, yeah. this literally, yeah, it, it happened in a span of a week or two, but even if we were looking and we were all looking at what was going on in China and ahead, we probably only had a couple months uh, heads up that this was coming. And I don't think anyone predicted how fast and how deep it would go. No, I know. I mean, listen, I, I did, I made some decisions that, you know, my, we had people come over our house and stay. I was like, ah, it'd be a couple of weeks. <laughs> you know, it's just, <laughs> it just happened so fast. And uh, nobody, I don't think anybody predicted it would last so long. I mean, we're going to be, by the time we're done with this, over a year, well over a year. Uh, so good economies end very quickly. We had a great run, uh, and I think we'll have another good run. It seems like every 10 years we go through this cleansing cycle. Uh, I was talking to somebody today who felt that there might be a recession after this. I don't think so. Uh, I do think uh, money's still cheap. People are going to invest. People are going to go out there and spend money that they, they've been waiting on. I do think we're going to have a little bit of the roaring 20s uh, again, uh, like they did after the Spanish uh, flu pandemic in 1918. 
So I, 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 I'm very hopeful uh, and very bullish on the small business economy and the economy in general. I agree. There's a lot of pent up demand. And we actually, I think we are recorded and on YouTube and all the podcast places that we said, Hey, this, this COVID thing, it's a short-term crisis. So it's it's, it's funny to look back at that. All right. So takeaway number four, Um, there are winners and there are losers, but sometimes surviving is winning. So, I mean, I, I think this one's a little self-explanatory, but like you, you teed up Andy, there was definitely some losers in this, in this crisis. And it's, it's really unfortunate, but when we look at the restaurant and food service industry specifically, I mean, it was just crushing um, to that industry. And there was really, there was no judo entrepreneurial moves you could really do um, to really do much more than survive at that point. Yeah, I mean, again, the PPP saving, uh, you know, I think so, we we were talking earlier before we started about how many businesses we're selling. And uh, one of the big sectors is usually the hospitality, certainly here in South Florida and in Denver, the tourism industry. And those two things have been crushed. I mean, one of the big industries down here in South Florida is the cruise industry. Oh, my God. I mean, they are having the roughest time and the live music industry. Live music, entertainment. Uh, My daughter is a performer. Uh, That whole industry is just shut down. The whole Broadway thing, live performances. You know, I think all those things are going to blossom when they come back. But again, there have been some serious losers where (laughs) you said it perfectly. There's no judo moves. There was no, there's no, uh, book reading, uh, business psychology, uh, strategic planning that could save you when your business goes to absolute zero. I mean, beyond zero. It's So I think the PPP rolling out, uh, hopefully by the time we publish this, uh, there'll be another round out there. Uh, And the EDIL loans have worked great for some businesses, worked for my brother's business very well. Uh, I think there's going to be another PPP and I'm praying that the PPP won't be as, as, as generic and it will be very targeted to those industries that need it. Yeah. It it does definitely looks like it's going to be targeted for the ones that were most affected. I mean, it is a good takeaway and learning lesson is that, you know, always understand what's going on in local business regulations because there's other things that happen too. I mean, in Colorado, we're looking at labor law changes and no matter what side of the fence you sit on politically, you have to understand as a business owner, how those changes will affect your business. And, and obviously the restaurant industry came so hard and so fast and was is temporary, long-term temporary, but really um, you just never know. And then there were some winners out of, out of this too. And there's always winners out of recessions and downturns. And there were some big winners, right? We, we've seen some people that pivoted into providing PPE or the personal protection equipment. Um, we've seen um, businesses that just actually did what we did and buckled down and made their cash flow better and their net profit better. So even if they weren't growing, they were more profitable, but they're definitely winners through this challenge too. And, and sometimes, like I said, winning is just surviving. And we've seen this with a lot of our clients that, you know, the goal is not growing anymore. The goal is just, just be flat year over year. Yeah. That's why we think we're going to have a very busy 2021 because as soon as this ends and those businesses start coming back, the things that 
uh, were tourism-based, the things that supplied the cruise industry here in South Florida, things that supplied the ski and the, you know, the ski industry, even though that might be doing okay. Um, the tourism businesses itself, um, it, I think what's going to happen is those people are in survival mode and they don't want to go through this again. And as soon as the light at the end of the tunnel comes and they are able to continue to start their businesses again, I think what's going to happen is uh, valuation experts, SBA, banks are going to ignore 2020, 2020 financials. If 2019 and 2021, uh, and let's say on a run rate, because the beginning of 2021 is going to be rough too, um, but if they start recovering, we're going to be able to carve out and ignore 2020 as far as valuation is concerned. And those businesses are going to come to the market and say, all right, we're done. And I, I think there's going to be plenty of buyers for them. Yeah, there's there's tons of buyers for them, which actually moves us a little bit into our point number five, which is that small business is really the backbone of the economy. And we've we've seen this tied directly between the shutdowns and the reduced restrictions on small businesses and the rise in unemployment. So we've talked a lot about on this show that you know, there's a large percentage of jobs that are provided by small businesses across the U.S. and in every state, some more than others. And we saw a lot of those job reductions at the small business level. And that's why our unemployment rate has risen. And in our industry, that's also why we have a lot of buyers in the market, which is helping us sustain that seller's market that we're actually both a little surprised about. But it's just because we've had a huge flood of buyers in the last six months for businesses. Yeah, it's been, it's been absolutely crazy. And like you said, small business also had the ability to pivot, right? So we know some mm -hmm. small businesses, again, some of them got the PPP loans. Some of them were able to pivot in what they do. Like you said, they were supplying PPP or I had a buddy who had a pizza parlor and, you know, he pivoted very well into a takeout mode, uh, going online, getting with uh, DoorDash and, and Uber Eats and being able to actually increase his profitability and increase his uh, his, his revenues, and so um, you know, so I think that's um, I, I think that's something that you know is going to is going to do well for small business, you know, and some of these big businesses that could make it. Of course, you're seeing all these you know these companies go out of business, not come back. Uh, that's going to be opportunities for entrepreneurs. Yeah, opportunities to grow and take, you know, take a hold of that hole that's left in the marketplace, whether it's just organic growth or even growth through acquisition, because you're just going to see, like we're talking about, there's, there's, it's a seller's market, right? And there's yep. um, still a high level of demand for businesses because we have more good buyers than we do good sellers. But at the same time, there's opportunities, um, especially in some of these more uh, injured industries like we've been talking about. Yeah. So number six is something that I, I kind of threw in there. I, I, I think hopefully everybody learned from this uh, that it it pays to be nice. And this is not a political statement on uh, the current economy or the current political landscape. I think what I've seen in business is that people have been super generous, employees being super generous, vendors, bankers, landlords, everybody really kind of getting together and being nice through this uh, and continuing to understand the, the human condition. 
uh, with, you know, that this is affecting some serious, you know, the, the first responders, the people in the restaurant industry, as we said, the waiters, the waitresses, the bartenders, I think people have been super uh, generous. And I've seen it because I sit on a few nonprofit boards and some of our nonprofits have had incredible corporate support, incredible uh, grants support from foundations. Uh, the foundations know that this is it. This is the time they save the money to spend. And I've seen several of them step forward and make it happen. So I think this is the area of being nice. Yeah. Nobody really talks about this. This is a, one of those positive news stories that doesn't get a lot of play, but I've seen the same thing on the charitable side. I've also seen tying it back to small business. I've seen more activism and community involvement in supporting your local community, your local small businesses, your local producers than I've probably ever seen. It's like small business Saturday every day of the year, right? And it's, you know, how can we support? How can we help? Is it shopping? Is it leaving reviews? Is it, you know, finding additional employees? And there's just been this supportive environment that I think, you know, internally in your company, it really solidifies your culture of, of this support and kindness. But externally, it also, it solidifies your community. Um, so it's been really inspiring. And I think hopefully moving forward, this is the level that we continue to all play at and hold ourselves accountable to even in good times. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even talk about embracing diversity. Uh, I think it's been a groundbreaking year for uh, people to come forward and say, okay, there's something wrong here. And I think 90% of the world uh, of course wants to make the world a better place for everyone and more opportunity. We're, we're committed here at Transworld. We've said that over and over again, uh, that we want to help uh, people in, have economic opportunity, no matter their color, no matter their immigration status. I mean, we want to help people. Uh, and so I think, uh, I think that's going to go forward. Uh, and it, so, so we're, yeah, we're going to certainly, we're going to certainly make an effort for it to go forward. Yeah, so at least on our end. But again, it's been a great positive year and that kindness is really a big takeaway. Um, so the next one, kind of pivoting from our first, which is that virtual never replace human connection. Another takeaway we have is that we can use technology to our advantage and be a little bit more efficient in our, in our work styles. Um, and I, I joke with Andy, I joke with you all the time that I said, I think it was in January. I said, I really hope I could get to do more virtual coffees this year. So I don't have to drive around. You um, did say that on a podcast, even. I know. And I kind of shot myself in the foot, but I think my point in that is that we've had these technologies. We've had zoom for a while um, and we can use them more efficiently. There was a little bit of a, a barrier to entry, I think um, for changes in working environments, but although it'll never replace human connection and face-to-face -face interactions, it has made business a little bit more efficient. Like you mentioned travel um, and being able to have things like video conferences where there, there is a difference when you can see somebody's face versus just a conference call. So moving forward, I think if we use it right, this technology can definitely make us more efficient as business owners. Yeah, I think what, what I've liked about the downturn is, again, you look at your business very, very, very... Um, you scrutinize your business, right? We, we looked very hard at our systems. We looked very hard at what we were doing as far as a, a company was concerned. And we made changes because we had some downtime and we took 
advantage of that downtime. I can't tell you how much we have done technology-wise inside of trans world over the last 12 months. I mean, there's Moore's Law where, you know, every, what is it, every year it multiplies, but, but you know, yeah. whatever, by, uh, by multiples. But, um, I, I, you know, I think technology is going to be here for a long time. I think we're all getting better at it. We all recognize, I think we're all recognizing the dangers in technology too, which is a good thing. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm sitting here and we just had one of the biggest data breaches ever uh, in the United States history. And we've yet to see what that really looked like. But, you know, we're understanding uh, how to lock down our technology better. And I think we're all, we're all being better stewards of technology, realizing that we shouldn't have our faces in our phones 99% of the day. Uh, so I think we're all getting better at that balance. And I think we're going to be able to use AI much more effectively than we use it now. Uh, so, but it's one takeaway that, wow, it, just doing a few tweaks uh, here in 2020 has really set us up for the future. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a, a big movement. And I think also it's been, you know, an example is a skill development, right? So I think, you know, some of our, um, some of our employees that were maybe hesitant with technology and communication over technology, it's a skill set that we've all added to. So it's been, it's been a good addition, but again, balance is key. Yeah. And I'll bring up the next one that, you know, listen, I think one of the major takeaways from 2020 will be that we all have a much better idea of what the truth is. And, 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 and this is somewhat political, right? So we have looked at uh, our political process and the information coming out from either political side, the extremes, and, you know, people who are everyday people who are going to work, we just kind of want to know what the truth is, right? Like we all want to get mm -hmm. to the bottom of that. I think we're going to get better at that. I think this is a huge learning experience for us as a nation. I think it's a huge learning experience around the world. Again, uh, kind of pointing to technology, social media, things like that. I think we're all going to get better at seeking the truth and understanding the truth. I certainly hope so. I mean, I think that's a goal that we all need to have. I agree. And I think, you know, outside of um, political stuff and the election and everything, we're in this age where there's so much information being thrown at us. And like, I don't even know what the current stat is on how many new pieces of information are created by the minute around the world. And it's, it's really on us as entrepreneurs and as business owners and leaders in our community to try and figure out what's true, what's not. And my husband has a saying, it's like, there's one side, there's the other, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. And that's is our goal as leaders. And it's become harder and harder in a world where there's so many messages bombarding us every day. But really, I think for me as a takeaway, that, that's my role as a leader is to try and understand exactly what I need to know to lead the company. Yeah, I think my takeaway from it is that I need to be diverse in my information sources and I need to be open-minded. Uh, but then I need to stand up as a leader as well and, and call it out. And it, it's, it's tough. It, it, it is tough. You know, we all have family members, that family member that is on perhaps one of the fringes and you just cringe every time they say something. And it's like, yeah, you can't really believe that, can you? And, and, but they do. And so uh, I think, as, as, as leaders, as business leaders, small business leaders, we all need to be a part of that solution. So, and that 
kind of leads us to number nine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So number nine is be more charitable and help your community. And this kind of ties back to what we were talking about with be nice, right? But as leaders, it's it's our role to really focus on community development, be more charitable. Um, I won't give away our last one, but this this ties a little bit into that one too. But you know, if if you've done well, if you're a winner, if you're surviving, help those who need the help in this time. Yeah, I was just going to say that it ties right back to the winners and losers, right? We recognize mm-hmm. that there are hard, there's some hard losers. I was watching uh, the Today Show. T- uh, today on, uh, and they had a special on uh, food banks and the food and 40% of the people going to food banks this year are first timers. That's like wow. mind blowing. One in six Americans are now food insecure. I happen to have a little plug here and these pasta mm-hmm. I have an annual fundraiser. It's a big fun dinner. And this year we kind of took decided to take a serious tone. We're not having a dinner. We're not going to have a thousand people in the room. We're not going to be uh, running around celebrating and trying to raise money for a very good cause. This year we're kind of buckling down and saying, no, we need to raise money for a really good cause. And I want to thank everybody. We just launched the website. It usually happens around February, but now through February and these pastadinner.com, we are going to raise money specifically for LifeNet for Families, which services locally, but I encourage everyone uh, to go out there and raise money for their community as well uh, because they need help. I mean, the bottom line is they need help. While, you know, the foundations have been more charitable and I've seen some corporations been more charitable, uh, they need it times four. You know, right again, 40% of the people out there have never been on a food line. And just think of that, you know, and we could, you know, I, I know you and I, and we we all think that we could have been that family. We could have been the, that family in the wrong business and been crushed. And um, so I think about that a lot. Yeah, there's no, there was, there's never a rhyme or reason to who the winners or losers are. And it's a very thin line, right? And And I think it's our responsibility to give back. I mean, like you said, Andy, they need more help than ever. Um, although there are is a lot of people still giving, um, there was a lot of people hurt. A lot of their donors were hurt and had to pull back some funding for these charities and these community service organizations. And at the same time, you know, you look at the unemployment rates and most of these charities have people coming to them that need more help than ever. Um, so if you are fortunate and you are in this time um, and any time, I think both you and I, Andy, have found that being charitable and giving back to the community provides so many rewards, um, you know, internally, externally for us and for others. So with that, yeah, it's been, it's been a a huge part of our lives. So with that, let's move into our last takeaway uh, for 2020, which is? Just be great. I have some gratitude. I mean, just live life to the fullest. It's, if this has taught you one thing is that, you know, it could be taken away from you at any time. Uh, you know, there's always that balance that, that I always struggle with. It's like, you know, do I spend all my money today because it's my last day or do I save money for the future? And there's a balance there. Right. So I think again, like I do think that, uh, live music will come back with a vengeance. I think that restaurants and clubs and vacations will come back with a vengeance. And just think about all the weddings that have been put off and all the 
uh, all these celebrations like graduations and things like that, you know, that kids uh, have missed things. I mean, we're, we're going to come back and there's going to be a pent up demand for all that. Yeah. And I hope there's a pent up amount of gratitude too. Right. And I was thinking about this one and I myself is guilty. That same trip in Hawaii as on the beach with Al complaining because it wasn't warm enough. I'm in Hawaii, it's 70 degrees. Right. Um, and you know, it's early March in Denver, it's like 20. Right. And I'm complaining, you know, and now I look at it and I said, I'm saying to myself, just be grateful in the moment. Right. And this ties back to the technology thing. Like, you know, I, I see multiple people who are sitting on the beach on vacation on their phones, right? And their family's right there. Like, live in the moment, be grateful. The next time you're at that live concert at Red Rocks or watching Springsteen perform, I can't wait. Um, you know, just just be happy and be grateful. And I think hopefully, I, I think this has taught a lot of people that I hope it lasts longer than just the pent up demand for getting back in person and appreciating the Sunday night dinners with your family and, you know, the weddings of the third cousin that you weren't really planning on going to, but just have appreciation for all those moments. Yeah, I agree. I was, uh, I, I have a pin collection in my closet and I have collect pins from some of my trips and there was my Red Rocks pin staring me in the face the other day. And I thought, you know, I've never seen our live uh, show at Red Rocks. And uh, I think I said, I'm going to schedule one. I'm going to go with Al and Jessica. We're going to go to Red Rocks and have a good time. So I, that's a great list. I mean, yeah, I thought that was, you know, if we're going to take something away from 2020, we, you know, we don't want to undermine the loss of life, incredible loss of life that has happened. Um, families have been certainly devastated. Uh, and uh, businesses have been devastated, and we recognize that, and we want to be part of the solution. And uh, I think, as as humankind always does, and our and we love our country because we have the ability and the opportunity to make things better. And I think we're going to be able to do that. I, I definitely think we are too. And it's 2020 has been a huge learning lesson on so many fronts for us as human beings. But I think in the end. Um, it's going to make us better. It's going to make us better as humans, as community leaders, as friends, and as family members. So um, we're wishing you all, as, as we're signing off for our, our last recording for 2020, we're wishing you all a very happy holiday um, and a very prosperous new year and looking forward to seeing you on the other side in 2021. It's going to be a great year. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Sold. Hi, welcome back, everybody, to the deal board. And our deal of the week this week is brought to us by Aaron Fox. Uh, he is the owner of our Transworld Business Advisors office in North Boston. Aaron, thanks for joining the show and welcome back. Thank you, Jessica. Great to be back. Uh, so your deal of the week this week is a tax preparation company. Tell us a little bit about the business. I, we always love to, uh, to see tax prep companies because they're, you know, anytime that we're dealing with um, money, everyone seems to like those kind of businesses. So it was, uh, it was a little, 
it was a kind of a different deal of the week because um, it was uh, we involved it was working with someone who was looking for a uh, growth through acquisition opportunity and buying additional territories for an existing tax prep company that they had. So it was a what was kind of nice about it is when you're working with these franchise the franchises the owner was already approved so we had we uh, got to change our process a little bit more to get them excited about you know the business and everything and we didn't really have to worry about the franchise or saying um, questioning you know their their skills to own the business going through that whole training process so we knew we could get it done fast. Very good. And good point that like, if you're part of a franchise system, sometimes your buyer can come from the system itself, right? Another owner um, to sell to another owner. So that's great. So tell us a little bit about the the structure. How was the deal structured? Was there any seller financing, SBA financing, anything like that? So it was, uh, it ended up being a full SBA finance. Uh, there, There was no seller financing and there was just one of those you know, the little tiny goodwill holdbacks that we see of, uh, you know, it's less than 1% of the deal just to make sure that the transition goes smooth and um, everyone works together to make sure the paperwork gets transitioned over. Not bad. And again, when you have an existing business owner doing growth through acquisition, SBA financing works really well um, and they get approved pretty quickly. So that's, that's a great, it sounds like a great deal for the seller, lots of cash at closing. So speaking of which, talk about the numbers a little bit. What was the SDE and what did the company end up selling for? So this was a, uh, it was a smaller office. So the um, SDE was coming in just a little bit over a hundred thousand. And um, it ended up selling at the the big surprise at a two times, <laughs> and uh, because the owner was really active in the business, was working in there, so you know they're hoping to achieve some economies of scale as they integrate it. But you know, given the size of the business, it was um, it was something that you know he his role and his daily operations would have to be replaced. That's good. And that's actually a really good sales price for a small tax prep company. So sounds like a good deal for all. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show. If anyone wants to talk to you about buying or selling a business in the Boston area, how do they reach you? Sure. Uh, they can always reach you on my cell, 781-773-8922, or email me at afox at tworld.com. Great. And we'll drop that stuff into the show notes too. Aaron, thank you again. And we hope to have you back on the show soon. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for Listing of the Week. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And it is Listing of the Week. And I have Tracy Peterson from Transworld Business Advisors of Delmarva up in the Delaware, Virginia, Maryland area. And he has a great listing because... It's all about timing sometimes, buying these businesses and getting in there before season and getting in there uh, on a time when uh, I think tourist businesses are going to come back real strong. So Tracy, welcome. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Thanks, Andy. Uh, I trust everybody had a good Christmas and we're getting ready to to uh, kiss 2020 goodbye and, and, and good luck and goodbye. I'm ready to start a new year. Um, but yeah, I but like Andy mentioned, I have a great business. Uh, it's only two years old, um, but it's the type of business that thrives uh, at the type of location that it's at. It is in Delaware. It's at one of the uh, Delaware resorts, and it's a specialized uh, retail store. 
Um, it's literally a short walk from the boardwalk. It's a highly dense uh, commercial uh, uh, atmosphere. Uh, lots of services, lots of restaurants, uh, and it is it is seasonal. So we do have to uh, uh, look at the timing of, of getting this deal done. Um, the uh, the type of business that it is uh, right now, the the owners uh, doing a total sales, uh, and this is even during COVID, uh, doing total sales of about four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. His seller's discretionary income has always been right around 140000 So it does really well. It does really well, Andy. Yeah, sounds good. So how much are they asking? Well, uh, actually, the, uh, the, the owner is very motivated. He owns several like businesses, and the other businesses are kind of centrally located. This is an outlier. He kind of went out of his uh, comfort space. Uh, and so he's been having to travel back and forth to properly manage this shop. Um, and so he wants to go ahead and, and, and uh, go ahead and get rid of this one so that he can uh, focus on the ones that he has close by. And it makes a great opportunity for somebody that wants to get into the, to the resort atmosphere. Um, and the listing price is at 284.9. And I say that, um, but there is, uh, there's some inventory of about $80,000 that we can talk about. He wants to use that uh, to help negotiate the deal and make it work. And he has shown that he's very uh, interested in making it work for a new owner. So he's willing to share a lot of his uh, industry expertise. He's been doing it for 17 years with this particular type of, uh, of, uh, of product. And so uh, he's, just, he's just a good guy. He wants to see somebody step in and continue with the store and make it successful and and uh, that's what I want, too. So, Yeah, good. we want good deals for good people. So it sounds like a great deal, and it sounds like uh, something that might sell fast. So what's the best way to get in touch with you, Tracy? Well, I tell you what, you can call us at, uh, at T-World of Delmarva. It's 410-543-2299. And my, can I give my personal email, Andy? Is that all right? T Peterson, P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N, at world.com. And I'll be on the outlook. Uh, I'll be looking out for uh, any kind of inquiries because it is good business and it should move pretty quickly. So, so reach out as soon as you can. You got it. Thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Have a great, uh, have a great new year. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions, would like to appear, or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.